Welcome to the Money Rules Podcast, where we tackle your personal financial matters with leading financial advisors. Your host, we do Melanzoko. Funds of funds have gained in popularity in recent years. But what are the benefits of this type of fund? How do they differ from standalone funds? And what are the pros and cons of investing in them? To answer these questions, we're joined by Rikus Nell, who is a certified financial planner at PSG Wealth. Welcome, Rikus. Hi to me, and thank you for having me. Rikus, can you please explain to our listeners what a fund of fund is and how it works? Yes, I mean, um, it's, it's in my mind a new generation uh, investment solution and it consists of a unit trust fund, a single a unit trust fund, uh, which has got underlying unit trust, in many cases a multi-manager uh, unit trust funds inside of that one unit trust. So you get one unitized investment solution, but underlying instead of having different investment instruments in there, for instance, let's say MTN or a pick and pay or whatever share in there, it is more uh, tilted towards including other unit trust funds, which has either got the same investment mandate or which is built up on a, uh, a building block approach. So let's say a fund specializing in equity investments or in bonds or in cash. So one solution with a multi-manager underlying unit trust solution. And how do they differ from standalone funds? So in, in the past, advisors or the clients or investors would have picked their own uh, unit trust funds. Um, now, what you've got with this fund of fund approach is you've got a dedicated asset or portfolio management team of professionals. They are skilled as asset managers. They sit with all the relevant qualifications, the CFAs, the CAs. There's sometimes there's uh, CFPs in there. In the uh, PSG fund of fund uh, solution, is, uh, there's even engineers in there, there's MBAs, and there's even a PhD. So it's highly trained uh, professionals with one sole focus, and that focus is, is basically uh, a research and analysis to drive a particular outcome for that particular fund of fund. So that mandate can be, or the aim can be, that that solution aims towards an inflation plus 5% return outcome. And then all of that analysis, all that research is then aimed to drive that particular sort of outcome for a client. Now, in our case, um, it's a qualitative process uh, that is driven and it focuses on the quality and the consistency of returns. And what are they looking for in that consistency? So they're looking for outperformance on a consistent basis of our peers, uh, meaning the, the, the market average of a particular mandate, uh, but at a lower uh, risk profile than the average and at a lower cost profile than the average fund out there with a similar mandate. And what would be the benefits of investing in a fund of funds? Yeah, so I think the main main benefit is diversification and, and getting better or similar returns, but at a lower uh, risk profile. So what you are basically avoiding with the fund of fund uh, is the under, uh, and sometimes the, I almost want to say a, a flash in a pan outperformance of a particular fund, but, but you're driving a more sustainable and a more consistent investment outcome for the client. It's, it's a lot more predictable. Um, so the, the financial advisor can really focus on subscribing or prescribing 
the correct or the appropriate sort of uh, outcomes or the solution for a client instead of trying to design uh, the recipe for this this outcome. If you compare it to, to a doctor, a doctor does not go and reinvent uh, the medicine that they prescribe. They know that that uh, prescription or that medicine that they prescribe has got a particular sort of result uh, in, in cure and outcome. And they basically prescribe that appropriately for, for whatever situation is in front of them. Rikas, could you maybe share with our listeners how the underlying funds in the investment vehicle are selected? Yeah, so again, I, I need to speak about the PSG Wealth uh, Fund of Funds solution because every business will have their own solution. And in, in our instance, it's a, as, I, as I mentioned, it's a qualitative process and a process that is fully documented. I think that's very important because, again, if you as an advisor, as, as what was sort of the, the norm in the industry is, is drive your own portfolio construction, uh, you're relying to a large extent on your own uh, due diligence process. Uh, very little backtesting is done. And if you don't do any backtesting on portfolio construction, then surely there's, there's very little learning from mistakes or then wins in the past of what worked and what didn't work. So in our instance, this is really where the tires are kicked. Uh, obviously, the due diligence is, is an ongoing due diligence by the team of professionals. They look, for instance, at the investment uh, philosophy of the managers that they would typically include. They would look at the underlying personnel on on those research teams and management decision process. Um, they would look at what is their decision-making process of what they've actually documented. Is it appropriate? Is it solid? Uh, is the implementation of their decisions, is that in line with their process? Or are there discrepancies where they basically make decisions either in in, in, uh, in a hurry or where they're actually also driven by, by fear and, and, and uh, fear either of missing out or fear for the market. Um, they look at particular details around the investment vehicle then, uh, that, that the asset manager is registered in a way, how it's registered, what are the cost and tax structures of those investments. And then one of the main focuses, obviously, of choosing one of those uh, underlying managers and, and product unit trusts, you would specifically look at the liquidity, the depth of the liquidity in that fund. So it's it's a very comprehensive process, as I mentioned. Um, as, as for me, the big part is the is a reliance on the validity and the uh, appropriateness of that investment process that's been documented. Uh, and the reliance that me as a financial advisor can actually have to say, this is a process that's been designed by uh, professionals, it's reviewed by professionals, it is run by professionals and, and monitored, and there's a very big reliance in terms of a risk management uh, or from a risk management point of view uh, as an advisor then prescribing that product solution to clients. Rikas, how do these funds of funds compare in terms of performance to standalone funds? Yeah, so so it would be different in our case. Um, the the performance of these fund of funds again, I think it's a very a big attribute. Is all the performance is on record. So since day of inception, these funds are registered as a, a normal unit trust fund. Every move that committee and management team does is on record. Uh, which is in contrast, sorry, uh, versus let's say a loose uh, standing fund portfolio construction, where advisors will 
switch in or switch out funds, uh, depending on what their own sort of research shows. But the implementation of a fund-to-fund structure and changes to it is immediate. So you can directly compare a fund-to-fund product solution with their peers. And uh, I can tell you, so in our instance, um, these funds are then ranked in accordance to their, their peers and their, their specific industry and their mandate. And that they basically, in our instance, our funds rank very high. They, uh, in, in particular, if I look at our moderate fund of funds and also the, the creator, which is 100% equity portfolio, is consistently over five and seven years, respectively, is first quartile funds. So they, when they're compared with their peers, they're in the top quartile uh, and that they rank. Uh, the, our creative fund is, is 10 out of, I think it was 170 uh, funds. So the, the performance are there from a high performance return. But also then we go back to saying that it's it's coming at a consistency or a level of consistency and at a profile of lower risk than than market peers. And, and I think that's what's making it enticing from, from our point of view. Rikas, given that a lot of research and analysis goes into these funds, does that mean that the fees on these investment vehicles are higher? Yeah, so, so in our instance, as I mentioned, we, we when these these product solutions are are put together, that management team of ours are focusing on on the performance, so the return profile of of a fund of funds. They're looking at the the risk profile, and then the third tier is, is the fee. So. So in our instance, um, all of our fund fees are lower than the average in their particular mandate, So, which I think is quite commendable, first of all. Um, one part of it is one of the prerequisite of, requisites of including a fund manager in, in our solutions is that they, if they have performance fees, they actually have to waive it. So I think that's quite a, a big uh a big benefit. Uh, so no fund manager is in any of our solutions that charge uh, performance fees, which makes the access into their funds in many instances a lot cheaper than going in into these underlying managers directly. Um, and then the, the last part, or, or two parts further, uh, there's obviously a, a, an enormous economy of scale. When you negotiate with fund managers um, with large investment numbers, it's much easier to uh, to negotiate a better fee than going in as again as a as an individual investor. And then lastly, in these fund of funds, there's also no double dipping. So even if there's a feeder fund that goes into one of our offshore uh, fund fund product solutions, there's not a double up of fee fees that's taken, let's say, on the local front, but also on the offshore front. So as I said, uh, in, in all cases, they are cheaper than the, the peer average per, per mandate. You've mentioned quite a few benefits of these funds of funds, but what are some of the risks that are associated with investing in them and how do you manage those risks? So in my mind, too many additional risks than, than any normal unit trust uh, fund. So in, in the majority of cases, the biggest risk for a unit trust fund is a liquidity risk. And and in, in the industry, I've seen some single or uh, standalone funds um, experiencing liquidity challenges, in particular some in, in, the, in the property sector with a great financial crisis or post that or due to that. I have not seen the same challenges or the same risk in the fund-to-fund structure. And I think it's because of the diversification of 
of the underlying managers, it makes it a very liquid and deep liquid uh, investment tool. So in, in my mind, one of the, the biggest reasons, besides from the, the outcomes that we're driving, the financial plans that we're matching with a, a particular fund return outcome, as I said, it could be an inflation plus 5% or inflation plus 7% over a 20 or 30 year period. One of the biggest reasons why I use fund of funds is that because it's a, it's a very effective risk management tool uh, and it's a very predictable tool, which in my, my mind lowers the risk in, instead of otherwise. Rick, I don't know if you'd be able to provide an example of successful funds of funds. So, as I mentioned, so our, our two of ours that, that's predominantly used is our, our local PSG uh, wealth moderate fund of funds. So, as I said, it's a first quartile fund over five years, which is an appropriate investment horizon. Uh, that fund is, has came in over that five years. I think it's ranked uh, 37 out of 204 funds. So you can clearly see it's on the top performing funds at a lower risk profile, uh, which which I think it's making it very attractive. And then again, the uh, the hundred percent local equity fund, which is the PSG, it's got an offshore portion, but it's it's registered as a local equity fund, high equity, and it is uh, sorry hundred percent equity fund, and it is it is ranked uh, it's it's ranked ten out of hundred and seventy funds, which is quite remarkable, and that's over seven years. So it's it's a very remarkable outcome considering that your building blocks are are, are selecting other underlying unit trust managers. And what should investors consider when weighing whether this investment is right for them? As I mentioned, we we're building long-term investment plans for for clients. So our plans rest on a 10, 20, 30-year period. And in that space, it doesn't work to to make investment decisions uh, based on a one-year outperformance or a one-year un- underperformance. And I think to a large extent, when the loose uh, when loose standing funds are used to construct a portfolio by advisors or investors, I think they are constantly challenged with this matter. A short term underperformance is it now because of the market, or is it because the fund has actually done something something incorrectly? So. Uh, a one-year outperformance or underperformance, in my mind, is, is not part of the solution. It's it's inappropriate, and obviously the investment decisions based on that is skewed. So in my mind, uh, it, it brings a, a large degree of pre, uh, predictability. You can actually build a plan, but now you actually got a tool as well to accompany the plan. The other part is uh, considerations. You know, I would say bigger investments. Um, if you've got a big investment amount, when these underlying fund managers are changed, and they are changed by this management team, but for the right reasons, it could be a risk reason, or it could be a liquidity reason, or it could be other reason, uh, not necessarily just the outdoor underperformance. When those managers are changed, there's not a CGT implication to the client. A, a lot of the time in a loose standing fund uh, portfolio construction, CGT becomes a stumbling block of making prudent investment decisions because it obviously affects the client's uh, cash flow. Then the other two perhaps just that I can think about is is emotion. If you know you're an emotional investor, and that's basically all investors, and similar to advisors, advisors are also emotional beings. We, we're just human beings. 
But if you know as an investor that you are prone to to transition that emotion either from fear of missing out or fear for the market, you would transition that onto your advisor. It's a very difficult position you're leaving the advisor with to to manage. And if you transfer some of those emotions and, and are prone to do that, what I would suggest do use a fund of fund solution because it, it, it creates a little bit of a separation between the person making the decision and the person sitting in front of you. Um, and, and, and a lot of the time, that emotion uh, destroys a lot of value. If you're honest with yourself, uh, considering that if you've forced a advisor before to either move in or out of the market or move more conservatively or more aggressively, um, just because of that emotion we talked about, I think fund of fund solutions is, is, is superior. The last part, just uh, from a uh, financial advisor point of view, in our instance, PSG Wealth has, has created a, a premium product solution for us to to implement, and we, we, we facilitate as well that and implementation uh, agents. Uh, in my mind, that it allows me to, to be a better financial advisor focusing on the client rather than to second guess the portfolio construction um, you know every now and again we know the work has been done we know it's been done by professionals and we know it's it's monitored by that team uh, uh, on a continuous basis Rickus just finally if our listeners are interested in investing in a fund of funds how should they go about doing so so to me the the PSG Wealth uh, Fund of Fund solutions are unfortunately only accessible for uh, PSG advisors. So it's a it's an internal uh, investment or significant investment uh, from the business in in resources and skills and process etc. to equip those uh, PSG advisors for uh, giving a, a premium product out there. Uh, I don't know if that's the case with, with other fund of fund solutions. So in essence, uh, the message I want to get out today is, is that uh, a fund of fund portfolio construction is, is an automatic transmission of an investment vehicle where before the loose standing funds, in my mind, is a manual solution. And, and I think this is the future of investment into unit trust solutions for clients. There are other fund of fund solutions. Um, but in our instance, it is only available through PSG advisors. Just lastly, Rikus, what is the minimum investment amount for these funds? So there's not a minimum investment amount uh, linked to the product solution. What you are linked with is uh, obviously access into that solution, which normally goes through an investment platform. And uh, in my mind, that minimum is uh, is a thousand rand a month. It's a debit order. And uh, I think the minimum is a 50,000 rand lump sum investment. Thank you for joining us on this episode, Rikus. That was Rikus Nell, who is a certified financial planner at PSG Wealth. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Money Rules Podcast. To listen to more, go to moneyweb.co.za or the MoneyWeb app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates. Money Rules. MoneyWeb. Money. Your trusted source for business and investment insights.